What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Nation? We are back again, and we have an episode that I'm excited to bring you because we're going to talk about all things and being exactly who you are and living financially happy. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming my friend, Mr. Finian Kelly, to the show. Finn, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? Yeah, what's up, Dream Nation? So good to be here, and I'm looking forward to sharing some great insights. Man, we're all excited about it. Now, the way that I always love to start these episodes is I make the comparison of us, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, change makers, to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly flying around the world, and I know you are, Mm -hmm. and we're putting on our cape and we're trying to solve the world's biggest problems. So my question to you is, we all know who Superman is, right? And we know that there's Clark Kent behind that Superman. For the Superman that we know as Finney and Kelly, who is that Clark Kent behind him? It's all my, it's all my friends. It's my, it's my people who have been on this journey at different times and they've shown up in the right, light, right time and they've given me some insights and support. And then sometimes they drop away, but they morph into a new person. So I'd say it's a very evolving Clark Kent. Got it. So to get deeper into that, Take us back if we can, like even 10 years ago and tell, like, how did you get to where you are now? Because now you teach people how to be financially happy. How did Mm -hmm. you get to there? Were you always financial? Did it come out of frustration? Take us back. Yeah. So I haven't always been financially happy. I've, I've definitely been financially abundant, which has been super awesome, but there's a difference between financially happy, financially happy is the idea that you can be both happy and wealthy now. It's not this time that in the future when you have more money, you'll be satisfied. It's, it's about being right now. 10 years ago, I had money. I was creating money. I was doing really well, but I was never satisfied. I always wanted more. I kept saying I needed this amount to make myself happy. And there was always something missing. And, and that's really the, the key is if you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy in the future if some materialistic circumstances change. If you have a hole now, the hole will only get bigger if you have more success. So I like to say money is a magnifier. And as I actually created more money and had more success, the hole inside of me was just magnified. And so in a weird way, as I got more success, as I created more abundance, reached all my so-called dreams, my aspirations, I started feeling less and less fulfilled because suddenly I couldn't distract myself anymore because I was like, I've achieved my vision. I've achieved what I wanted to do. I literally had. I was living in a a mansion in a ski resort in America, skiing 100 days a year. Like it was amazing and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. But at the same time, it was like this, there's got to be more. This doesn't fulfill me. And, And that's really been the journey over the last sort of four years is a bit of spiraling self-sabotage some destruction in order to do the deep work in order to rise up and go okay there's there is a way and I, I really believe it's about connecting money and spirituality you've got to connect the two it's that left side thinking brain with the right side feeling body it's the the brain and the analytical mind with the intuitive heart we get those centered those coherent and then we can suddenly start living in the present and in the present everything's magical Man. And I love that you said that. Someone had said to me, they said, I love what you do because with your platform, you teach people that dreams are not to be longed for, but they are to be lived. 
And you mm. just said the same thing that you can have them exactly. both together. So talk to me about at what point, because a lot of people right now, they might not even be successful, but there are some people that are successful right now and they're feeling that frustration, but they don't necessarily know how to identify, is this the time that they should make a pivot or a shift? What was that like for you? Do you remember that exact moment where you said, I got to do something different? So it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I actually feel like I was permanently in that state. So that's been something in me innately from a very young age. And it was the, it was that feeling of, I'm, I'm not feeling as you know, how we have a family of origin story. doesn't matter what circumstances are. We, we interpret them in certain ways. So I was always feeling not, not fully loved, not fully appreciated. So I'd kept seeking and searching and that resulted in a really great journey for me. It actually helped me achieve what are a lot of the materialistic success, the achievements I saw the world, but eventually you've got to go within and really look at what I can't blame anyone else. My circumstances are mine. This is where it's happening. So always asking at the pivot, I was always doing that, but eventually it was like, once you've seen so far and you've achieved all the external things, you're like, there's only really me internally left. I've got to go inward rather than outward. And that's really what was the moment where really real impetus would have been like four years ago where it was like, you've got no choice now. This is like a life and death situation. I had a spiritual teacher who would always say that to me. And it's a bit of a, some people would think it's a throwaway comment, but she was always adamant. This is not a throwaway comment. This is life or death. You're either going to live life where you're feeling fulfilled and happy and flourishing, or you're going to do the opposite, which is death. Because if you go against your soul's purpose, you end up dying, whether you just become mundane and mediocre or you go to the other extreme where you actually pretty much end your life and you'll, and you'll manifest diseases and illnesses. You can forget that you're actually ignoring your soul per- soul's purpose and get focused on that area. So definitely four years ago, it was I was in my life and death moment. That was my uh, wake-up moment. And through that, I went and walked the Camino de Santiago pilgrimage, which is starts in the southwest corner of France, crosses the Pyrenees and goes across the whole width of Spain, over 500 miles. And, and that was my moment where I was like, this is my time to go within. And I definitely talk about that moment as the turning point. It was a time where I understood about intentionality. You've got to intentionally walk down your path. And if you don't, you're going to hop on other people's paths and that may take you completely the opposite direction that you want. So let me ask you this then, because it feels like you know exactly who you are. But there's a lot of people right now that's living in this world that they say, okay, I love what he's saying, but it feels like him and I are not the same person because I don't know exactly what my path is. I don't know what to lean in on. What do you say to that person? How do you teach or coach people to figure out exactly what their path is? How did you find it to know here's the lane that I should be in? Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful question. And I have a lot of empathy for people who, who feel that way. I was there myself and I would say I know myself, but every day I find new things about myself. Like I'm, <laughs> I look in the mirror and I go, who are you? Like, where right. did you? That's a powerful question. Yeah. It's really, really powerful. And that's almost the start of it is actually asking questions like that, going a little bit deeper, taking a pause and stop being on the hamster wheel, being on the rat race and moving through life and just pausing and sitting and just going, okay, I got here somehow. I've been on a path. Do I want to take this next step? Which direction do I want to go? I didn't. I still don't know exactly where I'm going, but I know that if I keep looking at my next step, 
and being in this present moment, I'll feel intuitively where I need to go. And then you can self-correct when you have that level of awareness. But sometimes we put our head down, we get so focused in one direction that it's too late. That was a big thing I learned on the Camino. On the Camino, there's there's little yellow arrows and there's these clamshells which direct the whole path. You don't have a map. You don't have anything. You literally walk across Spain following these little yellow arrows and clamshells. And I had this moment. Most of the time, you don't really have to pay attention. You know, you can just see it's like driving a road you've known for a long time. You find your way there. But every so often, you suddenly look up and you'd be like, hmm, I haven't seen an arrow for a while. And right. you start reading the story. I'm like, am I have I lost it? Am I off path? And if you caught it early enough, often you could see and you could see some people walking along there and you're like, ah, there they are. And you could choose to backtrack and move onto the arrow or you could actually just veer across. But every so often, you couldn't see anything. And it was that moment where you realize your head has been down. You've been so consumed in your own internal narrative, you haven't had awareness for what's going outward. And at that moment, you might have been walking five miles and it's really hard to find your way back when you've gone that far out. Mm. And that's really the key what I learned about life is you need to intentionally walk through life and you need to be in a state of awareness. You don't have to be like locked in, but just enough where you, you're you're paying attention. And if you stay aware, you can go off the path, but you can catch it and come back. And that's really what I encourage people to start doing is I didn't know where the path was going. I knew I knew the direction, but I knew that I just had to keep looking and go, this is my path. Nope, that's someone else's path. This is my path. Yep. Nope. Perfect. And keep heading down that path. And that's really what I ask people to do. And that comes through doing things like taking a breath, being in one with the present moment, starting to look at what are your thoughts. I'm a big believer in the closed feedback loop. Our beliefs shape our thoughts, which shape our behaviors, which shape our feelings. And then our feelings reinforce our our beliefs. So if we're not feeling good, if we're not feeling abundant, we're not feeling free, we're not feeling happy, we need to realize that there's three other drivers of that. Something is off. Either our beliefs are faulty, thoughts are not serving us, or we're we're acting in behaviors which which don't get us the right result. So... The power of that is if we know that it's a closed feedback loop, it's that circle, all you have to do is change one variable in that circle and then it all starts changing. It's like a positive feedback loop. It's that flywheel effect. Mm. I started going, all right, I don't feel good. What am I? It's often beliefs are quite hard to change, so it's better to ch- create a new belief. What's my thoughts and my behaviors which are creating this environment? And that starts becoming super powerful because you realize you do create your own reality. Now, when this first comes up, there'll be a tendency where you're going to be like, so if I can create my own reality, that means I've been creating the situation I've been in. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling scarce. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And it's very easy to be the victim and and blame it on other people. But in that moment, you go, oh, wow, I've been doing this. And there's two ways you can be in this. In that moment, you can go, okay, I've been creating that, but that means I can also create my way out of it, which is exciting. Or you can do what most people do. They allow their ego to rise up and they go in a place of self-criticism. They judge themselves for being in that place and then they just start doing another negative feedback loop. So in that moment, self-compassion, being tenderness, like rubbing yourself and just going, it's okay, Finian. I know you've, you've got yourself here, but you can get yourself out of here being kind, being mindful, 
breathing, dropping into the present moment, the suffering drops away or realizing that we're interconnected and that, yes, I've been in this problem and it's suffering, but so have a lot of other people. And when you do that, it becomes more expansive and it gives you the motivation to go, I'm going to choose self-compassion, love over fear, self-compassion over self-criticism. And that's such a more powerful motivator. And that's how I live my life now. It sounds cliche, but it's, it's really simple. Do I want to choose love or do I want to choose fear? Do I want to choose truth or do I want to choose, choose illusion? That's all we need to do. And they're the steps. Naturally, the heart will start taking over and will guide you on your path. You don't even know, need to know where you're going. Man, that's very, very powerful. And I truly believe, just like you said, that no matter what you want to accomplish, if you really just set back, take a breath and understand that at the end of the day, you are going to create your sec, your success or your failure. I definitely believe that. Let me ask you this. For a lot of people that's listening to this right now, this might be very foreign to them. And they mm-hmm. might think that first off, if I was, it, it's foreign because of the fact that most people are uncomfortable with tapping into that level of their own spirituality. Mm-hmm. That's That takes a lot. So my question to you is, how do you recommend for someone to first start to get into that level? Is it meditation? Is it getting a coach that's a spirituality coach or mentor? Like you said, what's that first step for someone that says, you know what? I want to be in that type of cohesiveness with who I am. Yeah, I feel like there's a number of different doorways to get to the same place. And that's what's really important is, is to understand that some people meditation will work perfectly for them. And for others, you might be like, no, I can't do that. doesn't mean you can't get to that place. Choose another modality. So my favorite modality is a breath. Uh, I love breath. If there's anything that we can do, you think about it. What, what sustains us? It's our breath. It's our life force. It's our prana. It's our chi. It's unconditional love. It's, it gives us everything and it's free and it's there anytime we want. And it's an act, one of our rare acts in our body, which happens both unconsciously and consciously we can activate it or we can just do it passively most of us aren't breathing consciously and because of that we're losing a super power within us i I take people into altered states through breath work and i get people to people would say i can never hold my breath for a minute i get people holding their breath for over five minutes in their first ever session because i get them into a state where they override their ego override their limiting beliefs their stories their, their narratives their constraints and suddenly they're like, wow, what else is possible? And that's why I love breath. It's, it's incredible. So breath is one. I love books. I'm an I'm a avid reader. Some beautiful books that people could start reading would be like anything by Eckhart Tolle. A New Earth is a beautiful book. Or it could be The Four Agreements by uh, Don Miguel Riguez. Just anything. Often I just sometimes just go to Kindle or into a bookstore and the book will find me. It just you just ask me, what do I need to read? And it, you'll find a book will just show up exactly. So that's another beautiful way. And being around really like-minded people, well, not like-minded actually, because you don't want to be around like-minded people. Because your your narrative, if you're not happy where you are, you don't want to be around those people. Facts, you want right. to be around who you are inspired by and want to be more like that. So seek out communities, entrepreneurial communities, or there's lots of, these days there's so many good groups where you can join and you be around them because we all have a field. We have a field of energy all around us. And when our field is strong, 
we feel great. We feel healthy. But when our field is shrunken, when we're a taker of energy, it shrinks and we don't feel as well. Now, our fields interact with other people. It's why when someone walks into a room and they don't even have to say a word, but they've got a bad field, you're like, oh, the, the room just went calm. It, like, it, went, it went anxious and you feel yuck. And it's because their field is interacting with yours. It's the same when someone walks into the room, someone like think of strong leaders like a Dalai Lama or a Tony Robbins or your friends who just bring the energy. You would be like that Casanova. You walk into a room and people just naturally feel better because you've got a strong conscious field. So be around people who have really good fields because then you can start interconnecting. And now we don't want to be a drainer. Don't don't be a vampire sucker and, and suck the, the, the energy out of Casanova, but start feeling what a positive field is and you'll naturally feel up, up more uplifted and then it will give you the strength to go do the other tasks. So I like to have a toolkit and understand that they all work. And eventually, like I, I meditate, I journal. Journaling is probably a really great way to get to know yourself. I breathe. I, I do so many different things. And some days some things work and other days I'm like, all right, this toolkit will work. Got it. No, that's, that's very powerful because I think for the most part, most people don't start taking action is because they feel like they don't have any type of resource. So obviously I'm a big believer in taking action is how you'll gain that confidence. A lot of people, they wait and they say, hey, when I get the confidence is when I'm going to take action. So I try to make sure that they have those tools, they have those resources, which you just gave us, like books, there's apps, there's journaling. That's been something that I've been working on for this last year, heavy, because I was someone who always just kept it up in my mind. And my wife has always been on me about, hey, you do need to start journaling and just getting it out there. It One, you see it on paper, but two, then it helps you to better comprehend and also remember what you said because you wrote it out. So I love that you brought up journaling as well. I'm becoming a very good journaler and I got this book right here, the journal for anybody that's watching, Better Life Journal. So uh, Awesome. Love that. I just yeah. did a really cool podcast with Best Self on journaling. Yeah. And if, if you want to look that up, I'm sure you can mention in the show notes or something, talks about my whole journal methodology and I, I journal consistently throughout the day. And well, let's so talk, many- let's talk about this. When you, when you wake up in the morning, like how do yep. you, you need to obviously you had dreams last night, right? And you wake mm-hmm. up in the morning. How do you first start to get your chi together for you to be able to take on your day? Yeah, I love it. So I wake up and I instantly uh, put a smile on my face because there's a, this is, this is one of those behavior tricks where you can be in an unhappy mood and you wake up, say you've had a restless sleep and you just, you start complaining. I've had a shitty sleep. I'm tired, all these different things. And what are you going to do? You're manifesting a crap day. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, I've just trained myself. I'm like, I'm not going to take that risk. So I smile for 27 seconds, first thing in the morning. And then what happens is this is the crazy thing about behaviors. The body can't tell the difference between the mind can't tell the difference between a real smile and a fake smile. Eventually, the muscles activate, releases hormones, which says I'm in a happy state. So then naturally, I start becoming happy. The feelings start becoming happy and I start having them positive thoughts. And then I, I then start doing what would a positive person do today? And it starts this positive feedback loop. So that's an example of how quick you can override just by doing the behaviors. You can trick yourself into actually believing, thinking, and feeling a particular way. So I do that. While I'm doing that, I set the intention for the day. What's what's going to make today great? 
today, it was about positive priorities. It was me about I wanted to be positive throughout the day and I wanted to make sure I'm working on my priorities because I'm going to a, a week-long intensive retreat next week. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I've got to be focused. And But I want to be positive throughout the day. So that's been a reminder every day. I'm like, all right, every moment today, I've got to be positive. What are my priorities? And it's been helping me through that. And then we'll meditate generally or do some breath meditate and breath sometimes I do both of them I'll then do I read some form of positive literature just short so I'm doing the course of miracles right now so it's a daily lesson I just read it reflect and then I do some journaling I start with some things I'm grateful for and then I just do freehand I call it stream of consciousness writing it's this idea that there's it takes eight minutes and 20 seconds for a ray of light to come down from the sun down to the earth and I think light is like source energy. It's our, yeah. it's that oneness. So I go, I'm just going to put my pen to paper and just start writing. And I just record it there, which is amazing. And then I get this intuitive knowledge coming through. And that's that wisdom. And then I read it. I'm like, huh, okay. I didn't know I needed to pay attention to that. I get these little signs, which is super awesome. And then I'll I'll get into the day. I'll do some workout or I might do some work. I just... I go for fun there, but at least I know I've controlled that morning, which is all I can really do. And that whole routine every morning takes about how long? This is the great thing. People get focused on the structure and they get they go, if I can't, if it's like a 30-minute routine and then they beat themselves up if they can't do it, so then they stop doing it all. I have an intention that this is what's optimal for me in the morning. And when I'm in great time flow takes me a couple of hours sometimes and it's the greatest investment people go how do i have time this makes more time because time isn't linear i collapse time when i do those practices because i get into a strong state i access like the quantum field again powers and i'm more have more energy throughout the day so actually i get more time by investing in that but sometimes i do it for five minutes like sometimes i'm traveling to speak and i wake i have a short sleep I'm like, I know how important sleep is, so I'll compress it, but I'll still go through the motions. I'll do that little five minutes. So I might wake up, smile, then I'll set my intention. I'll do a few clearing breaths, calm myself down, being present. I'll then look at a positive like quote, and then I'll write down a couple of gratitude things. I can do that in five minutes, and I right. feel supercharged. So that's my whole message with this is don't get so caught up on the rigidity. That's how the ego controls us. That's how we stay in the past behaviors. Because it's like, it's that all or nothing behavior. I did that at the start and it doesn't work. So I have my intention. Everything's about intentions. It's not set structures. And I know because of positive reinforcement that this is good for me. So I generally want to do more of it. Hey, what's up, Dream Builder? Have you been getting any value out of this episode? Would you like to get more exclusive content just like this delivered right to your inbox? If so, head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com and you can sign up for the email list and that will give you access to exclusive content and more interviews just like this that's going to be delivered only to our tribe. So head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. Let's get back to it. 
Man, that's that's powerful. And I'm glad that you talked about that. The time doesn't matter. And because my fear and my concern was that somebody would be watching this and hearing this and they would Mm -hmm. say, he said it could take me five hours. There's no way I have five hours. I got a job to get to right now. I got employees. I got all these things. So then instantly they shut off. And so just like you said, when you first get up, if you put that smile on your face, 27, 30 seconds, just try to practice smiling. Maybe it's drinking a glass of water, taking some breaths with that, anything that can help you to feel like, okay, I'm going to win. I'm going to own the day and just do that for two to three minutes. And then journal, like you said, a couple gratitude things, which is what another good buddy of mine said. He said, what, how often do you practice? I know that you're grateful, but how often do you practice writing that today? I am happy and grateful for and putting whatever it is down there. And so I'm sure that that's part of the things that you do with your gratitude. And I'll go one step further with gratitude, Cass. There's a really key element which I've helped people just take the gratitude to a whole new level. You've got to do, I am grateful for, because. You've got to give the reason. It can't just be like, I'm grateful for my partner. Why are you grateful for your partner? What is it that they're actually doing for you? So when you do that, what happens is you start seeing what you value. So whenever people... I think it's a really important part of life to understand your own purpose and values. And a key thing is to work out your values. Often it can be quite challenging. A lot of people, when they do values exercises, they put aspirational values. They put things that they want to value. Like people always go, I should value family because that's what society says. There's a lot of people who don't actually value family. People value connection more or relationships. So when you do this, when you do gratitude exercises and you keep writing the because after a period of time, You'll be able to go back and you'll start circling words. There might be love, freedom, inspiration, and you'll start seeing themes. They are your core values. Mm. They're your innate values. And once you have three to four values, decisions become really easy in life. You just go, do they align with my values or not? That's really it. You look at each day and go, am I living? If you want to get a 10, like that feeling of like, yes, I was in flow, You've got to live by your values. If you compromise one, you won't be able to be in that state. So that's a really secret hack. And the power of that is you start realizing that you actually value pretty simple things. And life, you realize, wow, I rarely ever put like, I I valued that I earned this amount of money or this big sale or I got recognized. It's like someone gave me a smile today and it made me feel whole. It made me feel connected. It made me feel appreciated. And you just do these little different things. So then what happens is, positive feedback loop, you go seek out those situations where you get to have that experiences again. So there's all these little hacks and it doesn't take that much time. Man, that's so powerful. And I'm glad you said that. I normally, I don't write too much down during the shows because I always try to stay locked in and engaged because of the fact that I've already been on level one and you just gave me that level two, which is the because I'm actually, I had to make sure that I wrote that part down and that is something that I'll do. And I think that that is an easy hack for you to figure out exactly what your values are. You will see a theme, exactly what you said. And so I hope that someone else takes heed to that. Because that's very powerful and just, and that can be done. And really what they say, it takes 21 days to create a habit. But I think if you do this for seven days and you write down once or twice a day, all of the things that you're grateful for that has happened through you to that day, within one week, you can probably get at least one to two core values. You can. And I I want everyone to pay attention to how Cass just communicated that. He said, I was at level one and now I'm ready because you just gave me another tool to go to level two. 
So that's a really important thing. Everyone wants to jump from from beginner to mastery overnight. It it doesn't work. That's that's why diets generally don't work because it's this all or nothing mentality and they revert back because you didn't change your core belief. So you need to just do little behavioral changes. And when you do that little behavioral change, it changes the, the feedback loop and you start feeling a bit more better and then you get better thoughts and it starts going through this cycle. And then you'll start going, okay, that one step was hard, but now I'm ready to do the next step. And you start progressing. And before you know it, you have an incremental change. It's that idea of those 1% improvements every day. So everyone thinks if you do 1% improvements every day, that at the end of the year, you'll be at like three, like 365% better. No, you're at 3,701% better. I think that's what it is off the top of my head. That's how much exponential return because you're compounding mm. on the growth of the previous day. So it just keeps getting better and better and better. I don't even think like goals, don't even look at them. Like set intentions, but then go, what's the behaviors I just need to do today? And the beautiful thing about that is if you don't have a good day, what happens? You wake up the next morning and you get to take another step and you, and right. you go again and you get to move forward. But if you're so focused on the goal, you start seeing that I'm a long way away from my goal and that starts becoming a demotivator. We start getting cortisol rising up in our body because we're stressed that we're not going to achieve it. So I just like to focus on what are the daily things? What are the things I can do today? Yeah, that's powerful as well. Let me ask you, you've been able to teach people how to be financially happy, right? Not just happy, because we've been talking a lot of spiritual and knowing who you are. And and I think that all those things are important. Like you said, it's the mindset. It's how do you embrace every single morning that shapes your day. But let's talk about the financial side, because for a lot of people right now, they're having to pivot. They've lost their job or they're trying to get into entrepreneurship or whatever it is. And they don't necessarily have the best of relationship with money. How did you become aware of the fact that one, you were worthy and deserving enough to have all of the things that you had before you even turned spiritual. Does that make sense? And so what I mean by that is because some people, they're like, I don't know that I can live in a mansion. I don't know that I'm supposed to take these trips right now. I don't know that that's for me. Was there any, did you ever experience that or did you always just know I'm going to go rule the world? So there was an element where I realized that I was a creator and that to tell you the truth, came out of a survival mindset. So as a youth, I I didn't have the most privileged upbringing. I still did compare to a lot of people. I definitely want to acknowledge that. But there was there was there was stuff going on in my childhood which affected me to be able to feel like I was safe in my home. My own interpretation. I just want to make sure that's important. So I was always going, well, if I'm not going to be supported, I've got to make it myself. So there was a, right. there was a need. It was a survival instinct which is great. It worked for a while. Eventually that survival, that was survival, gave me the hunger and kept moving until it didn't, until that program which was running inside of me no longer was serving me. It actually became my biggest inhibitor of achieving more wealth and being more happier because when you think about it, when you're in a survival mindset, what are you? You're in a scarcity mindset. You feel like you keep needing more. And and the crazy thing is even at the point where I had like plenty, like so much. I had t- traditional financial freedom. I was still operating on a on a faulty program. It was a saying that I was in a scarce mindset and, and I needed to I needed to survive still rather than thriving. So that's where I discovered was that our money stories 
these programs which come within us are, are affecting our ability to create. And it all depends on what you've been exposed to. So a money story is a combination of your family of origin. What were you exposed to? What were the what how did your parents relate to money? What was your culture? What was the society? What were the things you absorbed? What were the sayings you took on? And then your own experiences with money in your timeline. And it's contributing to where you are right now. And remember, we are the creators of our reality. So if you're not in a good financial situation, I'll tell you, it's it, this is going to be sound really hard, but there's a program inside of you which is creating that situation. So what we need to do is rewire those programs and put new ones in. So we all have these, we call them the 12 money saboteurs. It's these saboteurs which are operating within us. Think of it like these little, little creatures which are like sabotaging your success. And there's, there's a wide variety. There's the, the child, the child who wants to be taken care of. They want to be like, feel like everyone else should take care of me. And because of that, they never take responsibility for finances. There's the compensator who wasn't shown love when they were young. So they, they felt like the only way to actually feel love was to stand out with creating a lot of money and feeling great. And we often worship these compensators and they're feeling disgusting themselves. There's the delusional who just believes everything's going to be great. There's so many of these saboteurs and we all have some form of them, some combination. And that's stopping us from fulfilling our, our true purpose in this life, living our, our soul's purpose. Because money, whether it's, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, is the thread that flows through everything in our society now. We've created that as a society that it's the glue. It's that thread connecting us all. It used to be that you could live in a village and just rely on each other people. I had a skill set. I would exchange it for someone else's skill sets, and then I could get some milk and bartering. swap, bartering effectively. But then we went, nope, we're going to make it a money system. It is invisible energy, which is a tie between all of us, that we all are connected now. We're feeling this. Something happens. Someone sneezes in, in China and affects the whole now. It all has this effect. So that tells me that you cannot, if you want to be fulfilled, if you want to feel happy, abundant, and free, you need to get in connection with your money story and go, is this serving me or is it actually hampering me from being my full potential? So that's why I've connected, we've connected this money to spirituality to live a fulfilled life, to be happy and wealthier. We can't just ignore money. It's very, very important to us. It's what enables us to have choice. So I don't believe money is bad or good. Money is just energy. That's really, really simple. It's our relationship with it, which determines whether it's serving us or not serving us. So I just a big believer is if it's the thread that flows through everything, wouldn't you want positive thread? Wouldn't you want a positive energy flowing through with you? And that's what this whole, whole philosophy, this way of being is about. So that was a long answer to it, but it's, it's this idea that, we, I haven't always had it. Like I've had it in some regards, but then it was actually the, the program which was giving me what traditional monetary success was stopping me from, from happy success. And then I've seen people in the spiritual communities who have gone focused so much on spirituality and they think they can ignore money, but what always comes back and affects their ability to be spiritual? Money. Right. So I, you've got to combine the two. It's got to be both. And spirituality to me, just to help people because people have blocks on this, is just getting to know yourself and becoming comfortable with yourself. That's that's what it really is to me. Mm. And that makes it a lot more simple. It makes it a realize that whatever your belief sets are, 
you can you can go on that path. And that's why we've got to combine the two. Yeah, there's so much wisdom, so many nuggets in there. The first thing that I know came to my mind, and I'm sure came to someone else's mind, is these 12 saboteurs. Is that something that you created or is there like a book or blog or how did you find out about those? And or did you just say, did you create that in your program? Yeah, I created in our program. So we've been working with thousands of people over like the last decade. And I just kept looking. I was just like all through the conversations. What are they? What's stopping them? What are the different circumstances? And we created these 12 money saboteurs and we've linked it in with that closed feedback loop that I keep talking about was, all right, what are the beliefs of this saboteur, this person who has this saboteur, what are the thoughts they're having? What are the behaviors they take? And then what are their feelings that they're having? And they all have some form of like low vibrational freaking a negative feeling and they all contribute. So the idea is, is that you need to be aware of these saboteurs and then go, okay, if this is what's happening, what, what's the story I would, I would like? How would I actually feel? And you look at, well, what's the difference between the behaviors of that person and the behaviors that you have? And then you just go, all right, I'm just going to tweak one behavior. So, for example, if you, a lot of people, a, a scarcity mindset. So, what do abundant people do? Abundant people to invest. So, something I tell everyone is it doesn't matter what situation you're in, doesn't matter, you think you don't have any money. Just find a way to invest. Even if it's like these days you can invest a dollar now because they've created these micro financing accounts where you can invest a small amount. Suddenly, when you start investing, you start feeling, well, that's what an abundant person does. They, they invest. You start feeling, wow, I'm empowered. I'm moving towards something. And it just starts this ripple effect. So I've seen people, we've done this over the last decade, people have started with $100 a month and they were in debt. They were in debt and the traditional people would say, you've got to pay off the debt first because that's the, the high interest rates at 25%. And I go, yep, I'm a mathematician. I'm in the finance world, but it doesn't work because you are not a set formula. You're a human, which has all these preconditioned programs in you, which are sabotaging you. So there's a reason you got into debt. You didn't believe you were worthy, your scarcity mindset. So in that moment, I go, yes, we're going to start paying off the debt, but we're going to invest at the exact same time because when you start investing, you're moving to a place of unlimited, infinite. But when you're paying off debt, you're getting to zero. And what will happen is you'll get make progress and then you'll sabotage and you'll go back. But if we create a new pattern, we're creating a new neuro pathway. And what happens is it starts overriding the old one and you start seeing, wow, I'm actually building up money. I'm coming abundant. And, and then what happens is, you start behaving better, you start investing more. And before you know it, the savings and investments are bigger than the debt. You wipe off the debt and then you've changed. You've become a new way of being. So it's all these little hacks on how to actually become really wealthy. And that's what I'm excited about is because we've got all, this is, we were experts in the financial space building wealth. But then I was like, yeah, this doesn't just work on itself. You've got to hit the other side. You've got to get to, you've got to hit on the mindset piece that right side feeling body and integrate it. And then you really can have abundance, freedom, and happiness. And it's not that money's, money's not the be and all, end all, but because it's the thread that flows through everything. Life is definitely easier when you have some money, as long as, as long as though you have a good relationship with it. Because there's a lot of people, there's billionaires out there who are horrible with money and they have a sick relationship. And it's why they're never fulfilled. So we all look at these people and go, it's easy for them to say they've got money. They're miserable. It's actually easier to do this work when you have less money 
and then you can go create the money and mm. then you feel fulfilled. So remember that money is a magnifier. If you have a hole now, it's only going to get bigger later. So let's fill up the hole while you don't have that much money and then just allow the abundance to flow. Man, so much wisdom in there. Does that that was super powerful, and it has me wondering because again, it's it comes back to self awareness. So you're like, I think I got a good relationship with money, but do I really got a good relationship with money? And and all these things of where, just like you said, spirituality is just getting to know you. We all have flaws. We all have mindset hacks that we could implement, but we don't because we don't really know who we are and we don't look at what those behaviors are that's causing whatever the action is that we're taking because of the stories that we told ourselves. Man, you you dropped so much wisdom. Mm -hmm. Let me ask, we just got a couple questions left and we're winding down on this thing. But the first question that I want to ask you in particular is, if you could, a lot of people don't like to change, go back and change other things because they believe that this is how they got to where they are and things like that. But I always still love to ask the question, if there was one thing that you, going back, you could change or that you wish you would have implemented sooner, what would that one thing be that would have helped you accelerate your path on your dream journey? It's a beautiful question and I'm glad that you preempted it because I would have said as much as all the trauma... I still honor every moment because it has got to me where I am and I'm happy and fulfilled, which is really nice. However, the one thing instantly came to my mind was self-compassion. Self-compassion is the idea of love. It's what I shared before about being kind to myself, being taking a present moment, relaxing, not realizing that I am the trauma of stepping away. If I've done that, oh, my life would have been so much easier, would have been so much nicer and I would have been able to give a lot more love to others around me because really in order to fully love someone else, you need to be love. You need to emanate it. And I've been my worst judge. I've mm. criticized myself so much over the years and put myself through like my poor body. I've like, that was, that's a way that I play out unworthiness and, and trauma is I'll injure my body somehow. It's like we all have our own self-sabotaging thing. And I've had a lot of operations and if there was one thing I could have been kind to myself and I would have been feeling a lot better uh, physically now, but I actually feel great. So that's, that's okay. But that's, that's the one. And I feel like if everyone was just a little bit more self-kind, that'd be incredible. And, and then if I think about a tool, it'd be breath. If I'd learned breath earlier, like really intentional breathing, wow, like life changes. And if people talk about time, all right. You can have time. Let's do it right now. You're feeling anxiety. Let's have a conscious breath in and out. So we let out all our air and we rise up from the lower abdomen and then up into the upper abdomen. We hold up there. So we hold it in our heart and then we just let an audible sigh out of our mouth. Let's do one more for good measure. What did you observe, Cass? It's like a frequency change, hey? Oh, absolutely. And it, and it just, the thing is, you stop listening to yourself for a moment, right? And you gain peace. Because yes. that's the biggest thing. Where There's so many thoughts, there's so many things that are going through our heads. But at that moment, when you focus on your actual breathing, I think that you just gain peace for that moment that your world just slows down. Yes. And, and we felt it like just even this, in our connection, there was an energetic change. We just dropped, we just climbed a little vibrational frequency. It went calm. There was peace. And then you start remembering, oh, you are not 
your feelings. You're the observer, you can step back. And then that might be all you need to help you make a better decision to not judge yourself, to lean in rather than, than dropping away. And those breaths can change everything. So if we could all just do one thing, and how long did that take? Five seconds? Right. Like nothing. Yeah. We all have time to do that. So just a conscious breath, that would be the biggest thing I could recommend for myself if I had my time again and for anyone else who's listening. Powerful, man. Thank you. The last question that I have for you is there's somebody out there that's still listening and watching this and they love everything about you. They, they love your energy. They love the frameworks that you have. They know the knowledge that you've given off and they want to blaze a path that's similar to yours. But they have that little voice in their head and that little voice tells them that they're not strong enough, they're not smart enough, or maybe they just don't have enough resources. What's the one thing that you would leave them with to just get them to take action? If you're not happy with where you are, why would you keep operating on the same program? Why wouldn't you take a step in another direction? What have you got to lose? If you if you, if it doesn't work out, you can always go back to your current state of being. So that takes the risk factor out of it. So often people talk about risk, oh, the risk of losing. What's about the risk of not taking action? So just take a breath and just take a step and just see where that path operates, where that takes you. Love it, man. I, this has been a phenomenal conversation, my brother, and I want to be the first one, if no one else has told you today, to let you know that I appreciate you. For anyone else that is still with us and they want to connect with you, which I'm sure it will be hundreds, if not thousands of people that will love this episode, where can they find you at? Great. So my handle is the Finian Kelly, F-I-N-N-I-A-N-K-E-L-L-Y. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. They're my main ones. I'm also on LinkedIn and my website, finianKelly.com and that's really the main place. And if you're interested in what we're talking about, Financially Happy, I highly recommend you go take the Financially Happy quiz, which is on financiallyhappy.com. It tells you how financially happy are you. And it will just give you, a, it might give you, it gives you some ideas and some tools on how to start transforming your relationship with money and also the present moment. There you have it. We'll make sure that we'll have all of those links in the show notes. But again, I appreciate you, my brother. And I look forward to having you come on again and having yes. you be able to bless the tribe in so many ways. So remember, Dream Nation, just as he said, you have to take action, though, and you have to understand that you are not your feelings, because otherwise, if you do not, that dream that you have will only merely be a fantasy. That's all we have for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side.